Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the opening kickoff podcast. Technical difficulties can't even slow us down as we are ready to go on this Wednesday night. We got a packed show for you. We got a great guest as always. I'm your host, Dave Steinweddle, joined as always by my two co-hosts seated to my left, Mr. David Miles. David, how are you tonight? I am doing good today. Um, this is a nice relaxing off day for the most part. Uh, how about you? Cannot complain. Fall break is almost here, and those two days next week are going to be glorious. Let's bring in our other one, our other co-host, Mr. Mac Player of the Week over here. He had to be showing off. Dan Williams. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Had the day off today from practice, so it's been a good day for me so far. Got to sleep in, of course. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> big big sleeping guy. Big sleeping guy. Thank you. Thank you. Let's bring in our guest this week. He is gunning for your job. In fact, he's getting pretty close. <laughs> I like to call him Mr. Unpredictable because we never know what we're going to get when he comes on the show. It is Steve Shanley. Shanley, what's going on? Not too much, Dave. Not too much. You know, join the show today because Mrs. Williams said she wouldn't watch, she wouldn't listen this week if I wasn't on the show. <laughs> so you know, I'm glad to be back. You know, just ready to. Ready to give you some of my hot takes and, and oh. input. So we, we love the hot takes here on this show. So we got a good show for you. We're going to talk MLB postseason. We're going to talk college football. We're going to talk contender, pretender in the NFL. So we got a pretty busy show, and we got a great guest as always. So I'll turn it over to Mr. David Miles as we get underway. All right, so MLB postseason is underway uh, in full effect. Last night, the Yankees beat the uh, Minnesota Twins. Does anyone want to have any reflections on that game? Um, I thought that the Yankees' bullpen saved the day, obviously. They gave up three runs in the first, one more for the next eight innings. Um, I think if they're going to have any chance of beating the Indians next series, their bullpen has to continue to be dominant. Um, yeah, I think I was blown away, actually, at the amount of games that this Yankee bullpen had blown this year throughout the regular season because uh, what they did last night uh, should have been the norm mm-hmm. throughout the regular season. I think that's what they all expect, and I think they got they got what they needed last night. I think we all can agree that uh, Severino is, is no Noah Syndergaard. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I think the Yankees are are gonna have gonna find some trouble with the Indians and and the Indians' consistency, uh, especially over the last month. You know, it's it's all about getting hot at the right time. So we'll see how it goes. To both to both of your points, talking about that game last night, the Yankees are gonna have to get starting pitching going into the divisional round, and that includes Severino. They cannot afford their starters to not even go through one inning because they will kill that bullpen by game three. And my thought watching the game last night, if the Twins had decent pitching, it's probably a different game. They got off to this fast start, you know, riding the momentum. And 
if only I think Urban Zantana gets through that first inning unscathed, it's a different ball game. But he couldn't get through the first inning, and the Yankees took the momentum, and that was yeah, all she wrote. That ballpark's not made for a pitcher like Urban Zantana, whose fly ball rate is like astronomical. astronomical. <laughs> so, um, kind of had a feeling it was going to go that way, but was happy to see the Yankees go down early. Um, just can hold on. That was a fast start, too. Yeah, real fast. <laughs> um, as we continue to look into the postseason matchups, let's take a look back and see what was oh, right God. and what was wrong <laughs> that wrong we said in April. <laughs> so let's start with you, Dave. Did I make predictions? No, you did not. You okay. asked the questions. You did. Cool. So <laughs> I feel better now. So let's start with. I forgot we do this. Wait, why don't we do this after we finish the whole? You know. Well, I, I just want to. Get... Now nah, let's let's get it let's get it out of the way. Yeah, so yeah, let's get out of the way now. So, so the people can discredit our opinions. The order's out of whack. Now. You're safe. All right, I'm just saying because you usually come at me for messing it up. <laughs> um, so well, let's start with my good friend Dave Steinwell. Oh God. The San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Say it one more time for the people in the back. The San Francisco Giants. In my defense, when we did these predictions in April, that starting rotation looked really good. Then Madison Bumgarner decided to get on a dirt bike, and it all went south. They still can't hit, which was the thing that I said was going to hold them back from the get-go. Unfortunately, it did hold the Giants back. And... Let's not also forget that the Rockies and the Diamondbacks did kind of surprise this year. You want to call it a surprise? I picked them. You know. Oh, God. Patting yeah. yourself on the back. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> what you got right? You picked the, Angels, the, the Astros. Great choice. Thank Great you. choice. They led the league this uh, this season. 100, 101 wins in AL. Um and they were right behind Indians there at the end. But great choice, obviously. I didn't get that one right. Picked pick the uh, Angels. They were 21 games back. So, yeah. Steve Shanley. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, do yours. You picked the Mets to win the World Series. I, uh, <laughs> I might have let my bias get ahead of me. There. Okay, okay. But I will say that I, I did about two weeks into the season – uh, put 50 bucks in the Astros to win the World Series, so I'm looking pretty good right now. Um, I'd also like to bring to the attention uh, of the of the the group here that I also picked the San Francisco Giants. Yes, you did. To win their division. Yes, you did. Therefore, I have two of the three worst teams in <laughs> either winning the division or going to the World Series. Where else did I mess up? Um, in the West, you picked the Rangers as well. That didn't look good at all. No. Um, they finished. They finished tied with the Mariners, which is right. You want to? Yeah. That speaks for itself. Yep. Um, I'd say I should not be able to talk baseball. <laughs> you know, I, I like to think of you as a baseball I am savant. A baseball savant. I am Rain Man when it comes to baseball. Yes, but um, early in the season you weren't. I can't. I can't. I didn't get it done. A lot of teams let me down. Now, um, here I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a bold this real quick, or at least you can see my column. Um, tell me where I went wrong, Steve. Well, it looks like you also took the Mets in the NL East. Yes, yes. Um, and, and you're a Philly fan, which is kind of frightening. <laughs> <laughs> so not only were you wrong, <laughs> disgustingly wrong, you should also move out of the state. Or, or, I mean, or, I mean or, he's or, in or Jersey. Move upstate, move upstate, you know. Move upstate. Um, you can he's not in Philly. Um, right, hold on, is Philly? Philly's, not, Philly's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> Philly's in PA. Sorry. I'm an idiot. Um... <laughs> 
shows you what a 3A GPA is. <laughs> um, the Cardinals. Yeah. Held on to the end. Almost. Uh, you just, no cigar. No, no. So, uh, you know, I thought, well, their, I thought their farm system would get it done and find a way to push the Cubs back a little bit. That was false. Right. Very false. So we picked a division winner based on their farm system. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is where I'll give you some props here. We got the Rockies. Thank you, thank you. Sitting in, uh, in the wild card game tonight against the D-backs. Yes. Um, which you also didn't, didn't have in there. But um, <laughs> look, I actually get some credit for having them at least think they make the playoffs. I think I yeah. think it was a bold pick, being that the Rockies haven't seen pitching since Ubaldo Jimenez, and we all know where he, <laughs> he's at these days. <laughs> um, God. So I'm pretty impressed with it. I'd like to see the Rockies win tonight. I'd I like to too. see them make a run in the playoffs. I do not see it happening with Zach Greinke on the bump. Is 13-1 Filthy. at home. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Indians. Yeah, you hit that one right on the head. I bet you didn't know they were going to go 27-28 uh, to finish the season, though. Did you pick the Royals? No, no. 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 But he is looking at the Indians in six in the World Series, and i got to say that's not a bad pick. You and, and me right both now. have the Indians. In six. Jack did, did it well. Uh, did that's right. Our, our, our picks with us as well. So he has the Indians in six. Um, you have the Red Sox as the AL chip. Do you still stand by that? No. <laughs> I don't have money on the Red Sox. Therefore, I'm going with the Astros. Okay. Okay. But I do think the Red Sox are gonna are gonna put together a little bit of a run here. Yes, I, I do am, too. Uh, I am holding your breath for holding Thursday. My breath. You know, I really, I would, I think, I think the Red Sox are gonna win. I don't want them to win because of who they're matched up against. So. I'm torn. <laughs> Back to you, Dave. Oh, now, now you want to go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so continuing with the American League here, uh, we're going to look at the matchup here, the Red Sox against the Astros. Who wants to take it first? I'll go first. This is this is intriguing because I think you got two really good starting rotations that are going to go in this one tomorrow. It is Verlander and Sale. Game two is Keuchel against, I believe, Pomerantz. Either that or uh, Rick Porcello. So there's some interesting matchups. I think this 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 series is going to come down to the lineups, though. And if I had to be honest, I'm going to take the Astros lineup. More consistent. In September, watching the Red Sox, that lineup went cold. And it, it, not overall, but there were players that went cold that the entire season they needed them to be producing. And they didn't produce. Now, Mookie Betts got hot, who wasn't producing before. But guys like Benintendi, Jackie Bradley, Bogart, some of these guys tailed off. So I'm curious to see against what's going to be a really good starting rotation for the Astros, whether that lineup's going to be able to produce. Last year when they got to the postseason, they struggled against that Indian rotation. And you're seeing a good rotation in Houston. If I had to be a betting man... I would take the Astros, but I worry about that bullpen. If it comes down to the bullpens, the scale gets tipped to the Red Sox. I'm, I'm with you on the uh, on the fact the lineups are going to dominate this series. Uh, I think you know pitching wins games in the playoffs, obviously, but uh, I do not think you can put down either one of these lineups with just a couple of good starting pitchers. Um, I think obviously the Astros have the advantage in the pitching department, 
and I think they have the advantage in the lineup as well. I think it, you know what you're going to get from the Astros when it comes to the bats. Mm-hmm. I think the guy that's going to come down to who's gonna, who may who if he has if he has a big series, who's had a big year all year that nobody saw coming is Marwin Gonzalez. I think if he continues to hit, I mean he's hit well, he hit, he has close to 300 this year. I think over 300. A uh, ton of home runs. Yeah, he's a he's a guy you don't think of. You think of the Correas, you think of the Altuve's and the Springers. You got a guy like Marlon Gonzalez down there in the five or six hole is doing damage with those guys on base. It's gonna could cause problems for the Red Sox. You know, when I look at this series, um, I see two great lineups and I see two great starting pitching staffs. I believe that this will come down to which bullpen can shut it down late games. Can you can you play with a lead? Can you can you keep it a one run game when you're down by one? Um, I think that's what I'm most looking forward to, which one of these bullpens can step up and create that extra edge for their team. When it's, when it's all said and done, I believe that the Red Sox get this get this series, and I think they move on. I'm scared of the Red Sox in, in September when it comes to <clears throat> October baseball. They, they always find a way to, to get the key plays outside of last year when they were thoroughly handled by the Indians, but you're right. They have a tendency when it's crunch time to make the plays when it's needed. Let's take a walk over to the National League here. We uh, have tonight's wild card game with the Rockies against the Diamondbacks. Dan? I picked the Rockies as my NL West champ. I was one slot wrong, but I still stand by that. I believe that Nolan Arenado leads his team to victory tonight. Yes, I know Granky's 13-1. Yes, I know that their lineup is built to last at home. I still think the Rockies find a way to get done tonight. All right, uh, I'm going to pose Dan on this one. I have a couple you know, just thoughts that, that, that go into my decisions that usually aren't right um, <laughs> in these kind of games. But, you know, Granky last time out versus the Rockies, I believe seven, seven innings, six hits, and a run or two. I think Granky's last start at home, which tonight's game is at home in uh, in Arizona. He also went seven innings with 10 Ks and only a run or two. Not to mention the fact that he's 13 and one at home. It's tough to beat. I mean, I've we faced Granky two years ago in 2015 and it scared scared the living hell out of me. Um, so I think Granky paired up with a lineup that includes Pollock, Goldschmidt. And now J.D. Martinez and all these big boppers, I think, could cause problems, especially since the Rockies are not playing at home, even though they had more success on the road this year. Going with Shanley. Got to take the Diamondbacks. Outside of, outside of Granke, the Rockies were scuffling down the stretch at times. I thought actually for a, a while there it would be the Brewers and the Diamondbacks. I just I have no faith in the Rocky pitching staff. I'm going to be totally honest. So, give me Zach Granke, the proven pitcher, in a must-win situation. I, I will say this: Diamondbacks, obviously, home. They've got the crowd on their side tonight. John Gray, starting pitcher for the Rockies tonight. Two and one against the Astros last two last three outings, and in the month of September, he was four and one with a two point five seven ERA. In, in August, 3-1, 2.3 RA. So he's hot right now. He's throwing the ball well, hitting the spots, locating very well. I think he's the key. If he can get deep into the game, that'll help create the the split between him and Granky. I think that can keep them in the game and hopefully 
pull out Dubworm. Uh, yeah, I want to cover. Well, I mean, can't really cover that one. So next game is the um, Cubs against the Nets. I think this will be the best divisional series out of all the ones we'll see. I think you got two really interesting teams, two really, really, really good lineups. I picked the Nationals at the beginning of the year. I'm a little biased because I grew up watching the Cubs. But I got to go with the Nationals. It just feels like. Everyone talked about the Dodgers. Everyone talked about the Cubs. But the Nationals just went about their business now, and albeit a very bad NL East, and got the job done with a really good starting rotation. I'm going to take the Nationals to beat the Cubs, but it goes to the wire. Um, I think I'm going to take the Cubs. Not having anything to do with my bias against Washington. Um, I just think Washington coming in to the playoffs uh, a little bit banged up. You know, Harper coming off of the injury missed 40, 40 games or, or, or something wild like that coming into the end of the season. Uh, just last week in one of the last games of the season, Scherzer goes down with a hamstring. Um, don't know how that's going to factor into the rotation for the first series. Um, obviously, you'd like to see Scherzer go um, early in the series so you can get two, you know, at, at least two starts. In, in a series like this where it could come down to one of the final games, he's got a pitch. Um, I think the Cubs' rotation has been underwhelming all year. Um, I don't really – I think there's going to be a couple high-scoring games here because I think these offenses are powerful. And I, you guys like Arietta and even Quintana and Lester haven't had really standout years, nothing to really call home about. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how, how the pitching matchups uh, you know, come into play. This, uh, this series, I'm taking the Cubs in four. I think it's it's. I was kind of uh, shocked when they put Kyle Hendricks as their game one starter, going uh, going ahead of John Lester, Jose, and Jake Arrieta. But I believe that the Nets are a team who was built to dominate the regular season and fail in the postseason. Basically every DC sports team. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, the Redskins, Capitals, Capitals are atrocious for this, but Redskins, Capitals, Wizards, Nationals, they all do the same thing. I don't think the Wizards really no. – I'd, I'd, I'd say the Nationals have as many playoff series wins as the Eagles have championships. <laughs> You're disrespecting. You do That's, have one. Not, not tolerated, all right? You do have one. It's not an NFL championship. But, yes, DC sports teams fail – under pressure. Going against the world champs from last season, I don't believe that the Nats can pull this one up. Cubs are four. Do you want to cover the Dodgers? I mean, I'm, I mean Dodgers, I, like, that, honestly, I think Dodgers beat whoever they play, regardless. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, the Dodgers will win one series. I think they're going to be the team with the highest expectations that are going to lose it. Because they just. You cannot convince me that that spell they had in September. Do you, think, do you think the Cubs go to the World Series again? Either the Cubs or the Nationals. Whoever wins that series goes to the World Series. Let's, let's go around the table. Who do y'all see in the World Series and winning it all? And winning it all. Start with Dan. Um, I think it's L.A. versus Cleveland. I think the Dodgers get back on track in this first series. They dominate, sweep whoever they play, and they beat the Cubs. Thinking six, and I got them playing the Indians in the World Series. And I'm sticking um, to my Indians pick. Indians in six in the. 
for the ring. Make sure you write it down. Yeah, the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to the World Series. Um, I don't think you could possibly lose as many games um, to lose a series with the fact with, with the Dodgers won their rotation and their their bats were almost on top. You got to have a couple nights in a row where the bats aren't working and Kershaw, Wood, or one or uh, McCarthy is McCarthy, right? Or McCarthy's off completely, and I don't think the Diamondbacks nor the Rockies can put them out. I believe that'll probably be a sweep, if not maybe four games. Um, and then I think the best chance to beat the Dodgers, to beat the Dodgers coming out of the NL, would be, it's got to be the Cubs. But um, yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. Ha- I don't see it happening now with the run that they've had this year and, and all the magic that's going on in LA. Um, yeah, and then obviously I got Houston. Um, I think it's going to be. What my my opinion is the, is the two best teams as far as just putting a full season together. Um, I like the big bats. I like the. Uh, I think they're almost evenly matched in all aspects in all aspects of the game. Um, I think it'll, it'll it'll be if those two teams match up in the World Series, it'll go seven, and it'll be a hell of a seven games. I'm I'm, I'm going to go with the Indians and the Nationals. I picked the Nationals. I've already said whoever wins that series goes. And I picked the Indians at the beginning of the year. Terry Francona gets redemption. Six games. The Indians beat the Nationals for the World Series. So with that, we're going to transition now. David, would you like to take a swing? Like yeah. to take a swing here, Dave? Uh, my guess is as good as anyone else's. <laughs> take Phillies in five, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, I said the Warriors in seven. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to transition now and talk some college football. A couple of interesting things to get into in this regard, and luckily we have two quarterbacks here to debate this with us. So this is going to – this is not not actually like we're going to go outside and have a throwing competition. We could. We could, but we're not. There are footballs within the vicinity of the – We could. But we are a podcast, so there's no video involved in this. I mean, we 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 could make, we could videotape and put it on Facebook. We can like, we need to just let Dan grunt like every bully. <laughs> <laughs> no, have you seen the video, the photos of Dan don't, like in his throwing motion? He's got this. Re- his face is ugly. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that couldn't see that, because nobody could see that, Shanley did a pretty good accurate representation. We we will tag some of those pictures. When we put up the uh, put up the podcast, so that those of you that listen know what we're talking about. But let's talk about this because there's a lot of debate with the NFL, with the draft, who the best college quarterback is right now. The names are being thrown out: Sam Darnold and USC. You got Josh Allen at Wyoming, Josh Rosen with UCLA, Baker Mayfield. So let, let's go around the room. Who do you think is the best quarterback right now in college football? We'll start with Shanley. <laughs> All right. Um, in, in my estimation, it's, it, I think the best college football quarterback is Baker Mayfield, and I'm not sure there's really much of a, uh, uh, an argument here. You're looking at a guy who's, you know, he's got 13 touchdowns to zero uh, interceptions this year so far. He's got a completion percentage over 75%. His QBR is 93. Um, what more can you say? I mean, I, I know you got Luke Falk down in Washington State. He's got similar numbers, um, a couple more yards, 
couple more t touchdowns, also a couple interceptions, uh, and a QBR only at 70. So um, I think Baker Mayfield is the best college quarterback right now. Does that? Do I think that'll translate to the NFL? No, I think he's. A, <laughs> you you sound like you didn't know. Yeah, no, I, no, <laughs> no, I know for a fact. Okay. No. no, he will not be. He will not be drafted as one of the top quarterbacks this year. Obviously, height and stature and all and all these kind of things come into effect. Um, somebody will end up taking Darnold and 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 somebody else before him. Um, but I do. I think the best thing for Darnold and Rosen would be to stay in school another year because neither one of them is getting it done, and they're not ready to lead a franchise as a quarterback, especially not in their first two years. So, but that's just that's a little off topic. So uh, I'm going with Baker Mayfield. Obviously, I watch a lot of UCLA games. I'm there, true and true. Um, Josh is the best pro prospect right now. That does not make him the best college quarterback right now. I believe that it is a quarterback in the state of Oklahoma, but it's not Baker Mayfield. Mason Rudolph is my guy right now. Kids throwing the ball very well, and I believe that as the season goes on, and we will see these two duke it out late November, I believe that he will prove to be the best quarterback in college football this season. He has the arm the accuracy, and the leadership qualities that you look for in a guy. And yes, Baker can run, but I like a guy who can stand in the pocket, stand tall and deliver the rock. And Mason Rudolph can do that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get mine out real fast. I agree with Chanley. I think Baker Mayfield is the best college quarterback right now. Big plays. He's got that confidence. I think he go, he's going to be a very intriguing guy to watch going forward. Because Oklahoma is quietly number three. Nobody's really talking about them. And the closer we get to the college football playoff, the better teams Oklahoma's going to face. So we ha it'll be interesting to see whether or not he's able to continue to perform at the level that he is. But right now he's the best. But he'll be an intriguing prospect the closer we get to draft time. Because I think he's as good as Darnold and Rosen, but a lot of it will be because of the system he plays in. He has the Manziel vibe to him in the confidence and the way he plays the game. Um, Gunslinger mentality, I can make all throws on the field. But he proves it on Saturdays more than Manziel did. There's a lot less turnovers and faulty plays that make you think he can't get it done. I also think he's the type of guy that could transition to being a, a pocket quarterback. Yes. He's, he's a little undersized, but he makes up for it with that big arm. And he's incredible, incredibly accurate when you watch put the game tape on. He's very accurate, can make all the throws. He's an intriguing guy, but he's not getting the Rosen or Donald buzz because he's like a Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, doesn't have the quarterback size. I wish he was playing in another league other than – the, the Big 12, yeah, because obviously the Big 12 is notorious for you know, defense optional, uh, <laughs> defense optional league. Uh, you know, obviously they put up good numbers against Ohio State, which was impressive. Yes, um, which is kind of what I'm basing almost everything off of right now because other numbers don't. I'm not sure if those Big 12 defenses uh, will prepare him enough for him to be effective in his first year or two uh, at the helm in, in the NFL system. I find it ridiculous. 
that guys like Luke Folk and Rosen have thrown north of 200 passes. Baker Mayfield's only thrown 100 once so far. Only 101 attempts this season. Yet he's still throwing. He's still 1,300 yards, 13 TDs, no picks. He's doing it all. Just a lot less reps, I, I would say. Probably because there are a lot yeah, of big plays. a lot of big plays. And, and he's not playing four quarters. They're he's also had, so much. He's had two games already this season where he's had more touchdowns than incompletions in a game. Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, that's happen. ridiculous. It doesn't happen very often. I have a follow-up question coming up, but let's get to David with his best. For mine, I'm, I'm going to agree with David Shanley that Baker Mayfield, um, he, he finds a way to get done. To me, he's kind of like an improved Tebow. I mean, Tebow didn't – I think I never thought he had an arm, but – he always find a way to win. But a quarterback that not a lot of people really sleep on him a lot. 5-0 and down in South Florida. Quinn Flowers. Don't sleep on him. He's, don't sleep on him. All right. So here's a follow-up question. Hold on. <laughs> what Who made – Quinn Flowers, solid, solid kid. What made you – what like what, what made that be your guy today? Well, actually, because I've always been, like, low-key following him mm-hmm. throughout the season. Okay. And it's in the fact that South Florida is also 5-0. and you Look at his stats here. He's only thrown two picks throughout the season. Yes, they don't have that strong of a schedule as a Big 12 contender. Mm-hmm. But he's always yeah, – They probably played the bottom of defense the Big 12 does, though. Yeah, so. but with that being said, he's still been a solid player. He's been on everyone's watch-out list from the jump. And as someone who's been following him whenever he is on TV, sometimes he always – he is – he has he has decent games. He has good games, and I think that he's one of the quarterbacks that you know is gonna fly under the radar in the draft, and he's gonna be a steal later on in the in the later rounds. So that's on this take. on conversation, on, that's a very hot take. That's not uh, a very hot take. Yeah. I've, I've had worse. That's straight out the oven. Skip Bayless I've is had, impressed. I've had the fire. Right? I've had straight out the fire. So. In this conversation about quarterbacks, let's ask this follow-up question. Who's the most pro-ready quarterback that you've seen that will be coming out in the draft this year? Out of Rosen, Darnold, Allen, I think Mason Rudolph's eligible this year. He is. Who he is would, actually, he's a senior, so he has to If you were building a franchise out of just that group, we can add more if more come to us, who would you take? To build your franchise around. No bias. No just clear-headedness. No Rosen. You're darn right. Kick and make every throw on the field. And he has that it factor. You saw it in the Texas A&M game. Down by 34. There's no quit. He's still leading that team each drive regardless of what's going on. What that Memphis game? Yeah, I, I, the, I the don't think we're not going to forget about that He game. wasn't perfect. Okay? <laughs> I, mean, I, I will say this, and I'm, I will agree with you because that – in in that um, crap show of a of a game, because you can't put it all on him. He yeah. did he did successfully and with ease bring that UCLA team down the field each and every time until the until the end. Where there are, there are times when he has that I can make every throw on the field, and he forces it in double coverage. Sometimes that will be his his one of his downfalls. Um, he has the issue sometimes with. His views and things off the field, but on the field wise, as a prospect, he is the most talented guy coming into this class if he decides to come out in April. I think he will. I don't think he has any more reason to be at UCLA. Um, I think he's only putting his health at risk at this point because they're not protecting him enough going things going on over there. Um, but I think he's the best pro prospect. Stanley? 
my opinion on best pro prospect, um, meaning that they're ready to come out and, and play for a team right now, um, is I have two guys. I got Mason Rudolph, I believe. Uh, he's got the age and he's been around. He's played a lot of football in the last couple of years. And obviously he has to come out. Uh, I think he's going to be at the top of the list. I think a guy that nobody's really talking about and having quietly a, a tremendous year is Will Greer in West Virginia, who's likely going to come out this year. A junior after all the stuff that happened in Florida mm-hmm. and everything. He's having a big year, 13 touchdowns to three interceptions this year. QBR, uh, uh, completion rate north of 65. Um, and a guy, he, 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 you know, he's made to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball in a tall frame, big arm. Um, actually, comes from a high school in, in, down in North Carolina, so Carolina, Davidson Day, right outside of uh, my house that I have down there. So I've actually seen him play ever since high school. You know, the kid's got a huge arm. Obviously, I think he threw for like 6,000 yards or something like that in his high school, his final high school senior season, which is always impressive. Um but it'd be interesting to see where he gets placed um, when it comes down to the draft board. Too. I think it's not a guy that everybody thinks. You know, I think Falk, they think Rudolph, they think Lamar Jackson, all these guys, Rosen. Um, I like Will Greer. I like his wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those are my two guys. I think Will Greer is a sleeper. If I had to take, if I was going to build a draft board and put the number one guy that I would go after, I would probably go after Mason Rudolph. Very low turnover percentage, big arm, can make all the throws, big body too. Remind me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger in that pocket. Has the ability, going to be hard to bring down. I would say Darnold or Rosen are going to be battling for two and three. The only issue with... Darnold and Rosen is I want to get them in I would want to get them in in a meeting room and study how much how well they can read defenses because at times both Rosen and Darnold just make throws to make you sit there and go why (laughs) the decision making that's the sort of stuff that I would want to know with Darnold and Rosen that right now keep them from being my top guy because Mason Rudolph just makes all the throws, doesn't turn the football over a lot. When it, when you watch Oklahoma State, a lot of the turnovers are fumbles. Very clean, good job of not uh, turning it over too much. And, of course, got the big arm, can make all the throws. So I will put Mason Rudolph at the top. David? Uh, I, was, I, was agreeing, I was agreeing with uh, Dan Rosen. Gotcha. Another thing that – intrigues me about Rosen is all these obviously here spread offenses pro offenses you hear them talked about so much in the college game the NFL game is a merge of the two but I will say you have to be able to be functional in a huddle and functional as a under center quarterback and I think Rosen is the best at that of these guys coming out all right so pretty good discussion on that I think we're going to transition now to the NFL because this is this is where we're really busy. The meat and the potatoes. The, the, of the, show. the meat and the potatoes of the show, as always. The potatoes have maggots in them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did any of you guys read Stevenson's um, release about that? Ridiculous. What did they say? 
I, I just saw it. Oh, I, I, I literally just saw it, but I didn't know about it. I didn't see it. Wasn't a For real? I said it was some type of like worm. Or... Holy, that made that yeah, makes it any better. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Okay, okay I'll, I'll still eat it. God darn, I'll eat those potatoes now. Dude, it's just a little salt, extra salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little who, extra salt. from Rockland in the first place. They don't have any taste. Very true. Very yeah, true. Potatoes are the only good thing at Rockland. I'm, Are we talking I'm, about the French fries? Because I'd agree you with you on that. French fries. You heard me, Claire. I was gonna say that. <laughs> Steve likes that little extra fiber he gets in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I want a, I want a, I want a, a full refund on my meal plans that I don't have. <laughs> you guys see the people boycotting Rockland? Like, like they're. This is becoming like the NFL. Now we're gonna start boycotting stuff on campus. This is it's awesome. funny because it's like you're gonna boycott something that already has your money. If you think like, you for a meal plan, why are you gonna you think I'm walking into Rockland ever again without taking a knee? You're crazy. <laughs> wow. All right. And that's what we've turned to now. Yes, the NFL. That's a great segue. Very great segue. That's why we bring Steve on the show. One, because we never know what the hell he's gonna say. And two, because he always know he always just he always knows the buttons to push. Yep. All right, so we're gonna play contender pretender. We've done this plenty of times on the show. We do it with basketball. We do it. With with the NFL, a lot of teams, two and two, couple three and one, few four and O's. We're going to highlight some of the one, big ones. One four and o. One four and o. We're going to highlight some of the intriguing teams, and we're going to tell you whether we think they are a contender or pretender. We're going to start with the New England Patriots at two and two. Kind of surprising people a little bit that they're at two and two. Others are saying this is this is was due to come with New England. I figure we're all going to say contender here. I don't know who wouldn't. I mean, I will say this. That defense will cause, will be the downfall of that team because Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and he does Tom Brady things with that offense. But until that defense gets solved, that's even if that defense doesn't get solved, they are still a contender just because of that man at the helm on the offense. They're a contender, but they're not a Super Bowl contender. Offense? Actually, I have, I have – so can you pull up the project, uh, our predictions for Super Bowl? Yes. Because uh, – Yes. I had them in Super Bowl. Yes. So do you want to change your – No. Well, we're not doing that. I'm, we got to – Oh, no, 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 because – I'm owning my pick, but right now I don't see anything that makes me believe that they're going to be in the Super Bowl this season. Their defense is not good enough. Period. Off, offensively, they're a contender. Defensively, they're a pretender. They will contend because of Tom Brady in that offense. They will not contend if they have to win games on that defense. Luckily, Tom Brady is still pretty good. His numbers are 100. He's 103 for 155, already almost 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, just one turnover. I mean, they're just... Offensively, they're a juggernaut. They're going to score points. They're going to be in games. But if they have to rely on the defense, they're going to lose like they did last week. They remind me a lot of Peyton Manning's first teams. Firepower, big-name quarterback, defense faltering. They have to win a lot of shootouts. That's how I look at this team right now. Yeah, the Patriots are a contender. Um, As long as Tom Brady is at the helm – and the Patriots are in the AFC East. <laughs> the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't. I think you got a couple pretenders in that in that division mm-hmm. in the Bills and the Jets. I think everybody saw. Nobody, Spoiler. Nobody saw that coming. Um, I don't think the Patriots have any problem getting through that division. Um, and once you get into the playoffs, it's it's crapshoot. Uh, we're looking at a long. You're looking at a long season here, and with guys like Belichick and and Patricia on that side of the ball. Patricia has not looked very happy. Understood. <laughs> I can't blame Understood. him. Understood. But uh, I mean. His track record. Yeah, his track gonna, record. Him and Belichick are going to figure it out. <laughs> All right? They're going to figure we, it out. We at, hope. Some, at some point during the season, they're going to figure it out. Or they're going to find themselves in an 8-8 in, in eight ball club, and they're going to win the AFC at 8-8. <laughs> and, and it's going to be ugly. But um, Tom Brady's going to put up numbers, and uh, he's got four more years left. Let's keep it in the division. Yeah, let's talk about the three and one Buffalo Bills. Shanley's oh, already yeah. Shanley's already said that they're a pretender in his eyes. So they beat the defending NFC champions, Atlanta Falcons, last week in Atlanta. They're three and one. Contender or pretender, David? Because of the lack of defense on the Patriots, I'm saying a contender. Their offense I'm not gonna say it's that has me. So I'm not gonna say it has me sold, but until that, until that defense in New England gets fixed, that's my that's my winner right there. Daniel, I think they're a contender as well, but the offense needs work. They're 23rd points for, but when your defense is first and points against, it's not hard to see why you're winning the ball games. Offense um, wins games, defense wins championships. Yeah, so I definitely believe this is a contender. Just um, bills and championships in the same sentence. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> um, but I, I they do, have a stellar track record <laughs> when they get there. I do believe this is a contender. Um, and also their schedule is quite favorable. They get the the Buccaneers, not not the Buccaneers. They have the Bengals this week. Buccaneers after that. They get the Raiders in the Derek Carr section of where he might be out. Um, you still get the Jets twice, so <laughs> Dolphins twice. Um. I, th- I think they got a shot. They got a shot. Their only tough games down the stretch here will be two at the Patriots and at the Chiefs. So. I got them as a contender as well because of that defense. I, offensively, they're still about the same. They've got a little bit better receivers, quality receivers, than they had last year. No offense to Sammy Watkins. If you listen to the show, we're not bashing you. But <laughs> maybe. If you're a fan. If you're a fan. <laughs> But I don't know who's actually watching Sammy Watkins unless he's on your fantasy team. But that defense under Sean McDermott is is much more talented. They got some playmakers. I they're a contender because of that defense. I just don't know when you get in this December whether you can play the postseason the, the championship caliber that you're gonna need to to hold off in New England who as we all agree, is going to make a charge and compete with some of these other teams for a wild card. So that'll be the interesting thing going forward. They look great now. Can you sustain it through the second half Circle of the season? Circle the wagons. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to Chris Berman. Can you imagine a world where the Bills are the AFC East champion and the Patriots are a wild card? Or don't make the playoffs don't at, all. Plus at all. I mean, we could be living in it this year. Very easily. Very easily. <laughs> Shanley looks like he's just seen a ghost. Yeah, we're talking about the Bills <laughs> and the playoffs right now. In the same sentence. In the same sentence, in the same division as the Patriots. Um, 
Yeah, their defense has given up 54 points all year. Unbelievable job. Picked off Matt Ryan countless times last week. Um, Matt Ryan got hit by the uh, invisible sniper tool in that one play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but on the other spectrum, their offense is, is, is not getting done. No. Um, it's serviceable, and, and Mike. They're, right? already, they're not getting it done right now, and they're about a sprained ankle away between uh, LaShawn McCoy and Tyron Taylor from scoring roughly zero points a game. <laughs> so I think um, I think this it's going to be a long it, – it's a long season. You never know what's going to happen um, on, on either side of the ball with injuries and, and such. But I do not see the Bills lasting any, any, any further through like week 12 maybe. I think they fall off and they fall off hard. Then again, they're, they're the Bills. So. <laughs> so another team on the list to talk about: the Carolina Panthers are three and one. They play the Lions this week in a game we'll preview here coming up in a little bit. We're not doing the Lions because I think we're all in agreement they're pretty much contenders this year. Yes, that this is this is the year where they finally look solid. By the way, we're going to give a shout out to Amir Abdullah winning the Ed Block Courage Award this year. But put that I don't out. I think we're supposed to put that out there. Yet. Too late. We can edit that out. There, uh, did you have the right. press release yet? I've not written the press release, oh, right. but the Lions had the press release out. Just, I never get just selling good. your own agenda on this show. No, the Lions put the press release out. I, right. If but the Lions did it, then you're good. The Carolina Panthers beat the Patriots last week in Foxborough. They're 3-1. and one. Are they a contender or a pretender? Did I not tell you? Now, first off, actually, I want Here we go. I, I have two, twofold. Picked them in, in August, so... I, 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 want, I want to see Carolina do well. Last week, we sat on this show and said everything that didn't happen Sunday. We said Cam couldn't do it. We said Cam couldn't do it for the pocket. What did Cam do? He did, did we or did you? Cam's had one decent game this year. Still, he 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 put on a show last week of getting back to that 2015 season, which – if he can get out of it, let's, let's bring it back to last against week. Against a team's defense who we just bashed for 15 minutes. That's yes, it. we just went in on that defense. So I don't want to hear it until they play the Atlanta Falcons, who are the team that beat them last year. They're a pretender. We just saw the Falcons lose to the, to the darn Bills. The Panthers the Bills. are a pretender. Wait, but you just complimented the Bills' defense on what they've been doing. Yes. So therefore, why are you saying that when Cam goes against the defense, you just praised is not selling. Because I told you last week that Cam couldn't do it. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I, it's not hard to admit, David. Because, I was wrong. No, because you said we, and it was a you thing. Oh, but no. It I, was, asked, it, I said I, it, but it was a collective unit agreement that kid, we didn't think Cam was going to do it. Because we all picked pictures to win last week, did we not? We did. All right. All right. Give me that. So, so you're telling me that Cam can do it when in back-to-back weeks he won a 9-3 to game versus the Bills. <laughs> the Bills. And then went out and got completely shellacked by the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, 34-13. 13 points against the Saints? I said last 13 week. Points I said Saints. last week going into New England, Cam couldn't beat them from the pocket. By the way, he has a quarterback rating of 85.5. That's low for a quarterback that's supposed to be leading your team to the playoffs. Like, like He's just not playing well. The guy's body's failing him already. He didn't play ball last week. We just said how I'm bad sorry. the I'm New England st- defense he has to is. to make the throws, which he wasn't doing beforehand. Obviously, he, he was putting up three points. And 
Why don't, we, why don't we put this one off till next week and we can see what he does? Yeah, see what he does. Yeah, because I, we, we all, <laughs> that's a big question mark. Yes. Okay, well, we'll talk see, about this game. See, you want to see a guy who can do it from the pocket versus a guy you think can do it from the pocket? You watch this week's game. We'll, 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 we'll pick that game here in a little bit. But I'll tell you what, Cam Newton ain't, ain't getting it done. So you have picked them to be a contender. Yes. I say they're a pretender. 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 I was thinking as a contender. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The only thing keeping them in there is is, is Keekly in the defense. So you picked the Bills as a contender, right? Yes. So how are the Bills a contender? Off the same premise that their defense is what is keeping them there. But the Panthers aren't. And their offense is better than the Bills. And the defense is better than the Bills. Look at the divisions they play in. Three quality teams in the NFC South. The Falcons, the Saints, the Buccaneers. All can give you games on any given Sunday. The AFC East, the Miami Dolphins. Make me look like Jay Cutler and the Wildcat when I watch them. The New York Jets, who I give a lot of credit to Todd Bowles, are 2-2. Two and two, Maybe a little better than we thought. Still ain't as good as the three teams that Carolina has to play in the NFC South. And then you got the New England Patriots, who, okay, I'll put in that category. But that's one team compared to a pretty solid NFC South. When you have to play eight games against three quality teams, it's I just do not see it getting six games, pardon me. Getting them getting it done. Give me the apparently just today. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking breaking news. news. Cam Newton. Makes a, fe- a feminist uh, or the sexist remark yes, sexist. to a female reporter in his press conference. I saw that during the baseball. I haven't seen the video. Like, haven't uh, seen the video, but knowing laptop cam, it probably wasn't too good. Uh, I saw the video. Cam just night and learning. Uh, you just don't see that. The Association for Women in Sports Media said in a statement that is very discouraged. By Cam Newton's. Can we find? Can we find the video? I'm just telling you what they He's said. He's looking at the video right now. I'm, I'm trying to. Find, it's, a, it's a three-minute segment from ESPN. I gotta, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta find what was said, what the context was. Hold on. Well, we'll, we'll look. We'll look. Keep talking about the team. Yes, we'll, we'll find. We'll, it. We'll, we'll get to that. But that that did happen today. Let's talk about this team that is very near and dear to a couple people on this set. The Philadelphia Eagles. This is a question? This is a question? Just throwing that out there. They lead the best division in football in NFC. Nice save with that (laughs) answer right there. But this is a a question? Shanley, are are the Eagles contender or pretender? Of course, Eagles, as much as it pains me to say it, the, the Philadelphia Eagles coming out of the armpit of America are, in fact, pretenders. I knew he was going to say. I knew he was going to say. I'm just kidding. They're, you know, they're contenders. Um, as well as, as well as, well as, as well as two to even, even three other teams in, in that in that NFC's division. Um, yeah, I'm not really. I, I'm not totally sold that the Giants are as bad as they are right now. Um, I'm extremely high on the Redskins after the last couple games they've played. They're really competing well with with some, with some bigger name teams. Um, as far as power rankings go and such, and obviously I think the Cowboys are going to be in it um, for the long haul, just as far as consistency and such, as long as the defense holds up. But um, yeah, that's you never know. You know, one of the Cowboys guys got injured. DN today broke his foot at practice. So that's a good uh, good omen. Yeah, great, great <laughs> way to go into the weekend. Uh, 
Oh boy, Lawrence. Lawrence, no, Lawrence no, is off. It wasn't, it so wasn't Lawrence. It's like Tapper or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very upset with you right now. How is this a question? How is this a question? There are plenty. It's of a other, legitimate there are, question. No, 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 no. no. These are contenders. I mean, there are I, plenty of other teams we could we could sit and talk about, but you want to bring my team up. I mean, well, since we're gonna go there, how about somebody to raise? Yeah, we'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. we'll get there in a second. So we'll get there in a second. Charles Tapper breaks his foot by the Jaguars. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I wouldn't know Charles Tapper. We'll talk about Slap me in the face. Hold on, he broke his foot. He's got ten or twelve weeks. Correct. Because one of my teammates just got diagnosed with broken foot, and they said. Minimum four weeks. Yeah, Ooh. probably a, probably a different I mean, uh probably a different type bone. of break. Definitely a different bone. Oh, okay. there are multiple the bone there's breaks. multiple bones in the foot. Um, I said, geez, I the, we are breaking news here tonight. There are multiple bones in a foot. Who knew that? You learn something new every day. But to the question, how can they not be contenders? That's the question. They're, the they're a contender because they're they're the most balanced team actually in the division. When you watch them, they can run the ball. They're protecting Carson Wentz. He's not having to throw a lot, which is a big thing. Their defense, which last year at times was really bad, especially the secondary. Oh, the secondary is still bad. If you watch that game, but the you front seven is terrible. But that front seven is much better this year. So they are a contender. More so because of the offense and the defense. I thought the opinion. front seven was great last year. I thought the, the secondary I – th- I think the secondary has made strides, but they're still bad. The fact that we're able to run the ball consistently and to eat up time. You saw it in the, in the San Diego game last week. There was about – Los Angeles. Los Angeles, yes. Even though they may want to go back. They need to go back. I don't think they're allowed back. You should, did, you buy, did you watch the Eagles game on Sunday? I was flipping between that one and the Giants and the Buccaneers. It was a home game for the Eagles in Los Angeles this weekend. That's how that's how loud the fans. Well, why? I, I I loved it. Everyone's so surprised by this. Why are we surprised? The Chargers were never LA's team. They were there for one year in the beginning, then went to San Diego. They've been San Diego's team. If there was any team that should have moved, it was the team that left. The Rams were originally LA's team. I think it was stupid on Spanos. I said it at the time. I'll say it now. You done effed up, dude. You done effed up. Yeah. You shouldn't have moved. You done messed up, eh, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it, the Eagles are contenders. Um, but I think they're going to play in a lot of close games. As, you, as you've seen already this year, they don't have the firepower to really take the top off of off of anybody and, and, and get yourself a you know a nice confident win. You, know, you can turn the game off in the third quarter. Um, I think it could come back to bite them a little bit here and there. Uh, All right, so we got. Well, that's five minutes. I'm not getting back. Because they want to ask stupid questions. <laughs> we got three quick, three quick teams to go through. The Rams, three and one contender, pretender, contender, contender. contender. After what, after what I saw uh, Sunday, contender, contender, Con- contender. You're looking at one of the top offenses in National Football League. And, uh, Dominant running back and Jared Goff looks like he's got his confidence this year. Looks like they've simplified the offense for him enough to where he's getting comfortable. He's figuring it out. So. I, I'm nervous for my boy in, uh, up, up in Seattle right now. I'm nervous. I honestly think the Rams could very easily win the division. I agree. I, Seattle just – there's something – even watching them Sunday night against the Colts, there's something that when I sit there and watch them just – I can't say, God darn, this team's going to go to the postseason. Like they could very easily miss the postseason. How about the Ravens? I know you guys want to bring it up since I brought up the Eagles. I'll start it. 
They're a pretender until the offense. They figure out what the hell they're doing offensively. They're a pretty good run offense. They don't want to run the football. They want to let Joe Flacco throw. That's a mistake. You saw it Sunday. You had a chance to beat a very beatable Pittsburgh team in a game that was very winnable. They didn't They didn't do it. The Raven defense, I give them a lot of credit because they kept that game close when it shouldn't have been close. But the Ravens, until I see improvement in the offense, are pretenders at 2-2. Two two. I will say this. While you guys do have the – I'm not going to say well, the talent to be a contender – Injury is taken that away from you. You have had a solid. You have had the right pieces to put together to make a solid offensive line. But like I said, injuries. So because of that, and you guys are pretenders to me. Your offense is garbage. So you're watching a high school team, really? Garbage. They need more players on the outside. They need a better quarterback. They need some running backs. They need some O line. Every level needs help. They're not even a pretender. Yeah. The Bengals will surpass them at some point in time this season. That's a that's the some dumbest thing time. you have said. Some point in time. Ever time. since I brought the you ba- on the show, the Bengals will surpass. That that is the dumbest thing. I mean, you could have said the Browns if you really wanted to. That that's I I cannot believe you said that. That's a little. Crazy. I look at you completely differently now, Mr. Williams. <laughs> As a man, as a man. I I question your morals, good sir. (laughs) Shanley, contender, pretender. They're they're pretenders. Um, As much as their defense could win them enough games this year to to make a run in that division, um, until that offense coordinator is out of there and Joe Flacco. Hey, show my man, show my man. (laughs) And Joe Flacco starts to learn the difference between his ass and his elbow. (laughs) They're pretenders. Now I, I will say I, I will say this, not defending Flagler totally, because a lot of this is on him. Partially, I don't think he's healthy. I don't think he ever was healthy. I think they lied to lied to the fans with this back issue. I think this is something pretty serious. Not to the extent of what happened with Derek Carr, but I think he's got a serious back issue that's hindering him. He's lost his confidence. But the receivers are atrocious. They can't get open consistently. They're, they they dropped the ball. I mean, Mike Wallace, in, in that game Sunday, and if you're a Raven fan and watch that game, you know what I'm talking about. Wide open, running down the sideline. It's going to be a touchdown. Gator arms the football. Nobody within sight, and he gator arms the damn ball. The receivers suck. And part of that's on Ozzie Newsom. We have, the Ravens have always sucked at getting good receivers. This year, it's starting to hurt them. Our leading receiver is our tight end. That isn't going to win your football game. And offensive, the offensive line was solid at the beginning of the year, but the injuries have just ravaged it. Losing Marshall Yonda was like the nail in the coffin for that line. How do you not use one of your first three picks in the one of your first four picks in the first three rounds of the draft on the offense? I understood the first and second round because you got two quality guys and Bowser, the oh, linebacker. And and Humphrey, who's going to be a real good. But the the third round, I completely agree with you. They dropped the ball. There was talent. You could have got a Kareem Hunt, solved your backfield problems. Could have gotten probably. I don't think anybody saw Kareem Hunt being this good. No. But yes. taking in the third round yes. could have been very serviceable. But I, actually, the, I actually like that Collins kid that they got running the ball. Yeah, he's got fumble issues. I think if they. The problem is ball they don't want to stick. Job yeah, but they don't want to stick with the run in Baltimore. <laughs> 
And that's the most frustrating thing when you watch the Ravens. They can run the football. If you watch that game Sunday, Collins was running free at times against the Steelers. They just don't stick with the run. They fall in love with Joe Flacco, who I've always said should not be thrown more than 25 times a game. Because Joe, as good as that arm is, he's got maybe a five cent to a penny head up there sometimes. And he makes just the worst, worst decision. The Ravens got to play Dallas Cowboy football. As far as the offense. I completely agree. You have just got to ground. And that's what the Ravens were so successful in the 2000s, running the ball and playing good defense. That's the recipe. It has never been throwing the ball. There was about a 10-year lapse between two balls there. So just just let you know. It, but it, still. It, it, got, but you, still, it got you yeah. some rings, but there's about a 10-year lapse of y'all being there. Consistently, we were a playoff team at least seven of those Eight years within that gap. I so, said this. Your schedule lightens up a little bit here. You kit Oakland in the Derek Carr phase. Well, I said this was a tough stretch for the Ravens. And period. You get, and you get Chicago, which <laughs> could be could be well improved with Trubisky starting Monday night. We'll see how that is works that for them. Yes, it is. Thank God. Um, you get Minnesota, Miami. So there are some winnable games here. Not, they need to get you're to not, the. You're, bu- not play, you're not playing Big Brand, Big Ben and AB and Le- Le'Veon the next couple weeks. Let's see. Out. They've got what. Five, five games left before their bye week. Then after the bye week is at Green Bay, Yikes. home for Houston, Yikes. home for Detroit, Yikes. at Pittsburgh. Slow. Then the back end of the schedule gets soft. They need to win at least three or four of those games. There's about a five-game stretch where y'all might go 0-5. <laughs> Very possible with this team. So, real quick, the Oakland Raiders contender-pretender. This is an important game for both of these teams. Let's highlight that Sunday. For the Ravens and let's, let's the Ravens. Let's be real. Uh, and back to last year with the loss of Derek Carr, that offense seems to be in shambles. Um, while they do have more to back up the loss of Derek Carr, I still believe that without him, they are a pretender. That defense is nice. I do like that defense. But your offense has to get you something. And without Derek Carr, I feel like that offense may not get them anything. I don't like their defense. They're a yeah, pretender. They're a pretend, they were a pretender before he got hurt. So our apologies to Coach Stewart, the Raider fan, but they just – they're bad. Defensively, they're bad. They got they no they one in the secondary. That, that O-line has regressed. Considerably. Badly. And without Derek Carr, I don't care how good of E.J. Emanuel is or thinks he is. They're, they, I, I only picked the Ravens because Derek Carr is out. But they, the Ravens could, in theory, trounce the Raiders because – they just will have no offense without uh, Derek Carr. I'm not sure I agree with you guys on the Raiders. I think the Raiders are contenders. I said it at the beginning of the year. I thought they were going to win 12 games. Obviously, now with the injury to Carr, mm-hmm. that seems a little out of, out, of, out of the picture here. But I can still see them winning 10, 10 games maybe, You know, giving it, making, it, making it a tough run in that division. Uh, you know, I think that's – I, I, I think, I don't know for certain, um, I think they have enough to win a game or two here while Carr's out for the four to six weeks or whatever he is, however long he's out. I think they can run the ball. I think they can use uh, – I, th- I, think, I think Emmanuel has enough tools to, to get the ball to Cooper and to Crabtree and, let, and see what they can do on the outside. Um, I don't think their offense is entirely in shambles now that Carr's gone. Also, although he is what makes it go, um, I think they have the ability to run the ball. I think they use their backs well out of the, in the passing game, well enough, well enough to you know 
kind of surpass the fact that their O-line is not performing at, at the, the way that they need to. Um, so I'm going to go with contender. It would be interesting to see what record they uh, Derek Carr rejoins them with. Um, and that's when it'll get interesting because they may have to make a run with them. So. Obviously, it's, it, it's sad that he's hurt again. One of the, one of the great young players in the league. Um, you want to see him out there. You want to see him fight for his team. But even before he got hurt, they weren't functioning as a good offense. Against right. Washington, they didn't, they didn't, oh, against Washington, they didn't or the first half against Denver. It didn't look like the Raiders of last year. No. And sure. now, and now you factor in he's going to be out a couple weeks. There's going to be a rust factor when he comes back. I'm telling you right now, a lot of their problems are stemming from Mari Cooper not being able to catch the goddamn ball. <laughs> <laughs> he's already got nine drops this this year. Nine. I would agree with nine you. Nine drops. I would agree with you. Nine drops is supposed to be one of the best receivers in the league. Supposed to take the top off off of the defense. Can't do that. So let's let's go in and pick some of these games this weekend. Start tomorrow night, a pretty intriguing Thursday night game. How many times have we said that? The uh, Patriots. The Patriots go to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Who do you like to win this one, David? I'm gonna go Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think would agree with me. That's nice. But yeah, I'm going to Tampa Bay. I don't think. Uh, I think James is gonna tear apart that defense that we literally just spent. I don't know how many minutes criticizing because it is weak. Let's go, James. Go ahead, Dan, with your pick real fast. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've got the Buccaneers. I believe that the that Bucks. Right <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I believe the Bucks carry on what they did this past weekend and winning a close game late. That's the sign of a young team getting better. When you start winning close games, you start finding ways to win, even not an A game. So I think they continue to do that, and I think that this is Tom Brady's first two and three seasons since he was a rookie. So I got Tampa Bay winning. Because the Patriots are the only defense that is averaging over 400 yards a game. That's how many yards they're giving up through four games. Mm. Facing a really solid Tampa Bay offense on a short week, having to go to Tampa Bay, I like Jameis pulled out in the end. It's going to be another high. It's going to be a shootout because that's how the Patriots play these games. But defensively, if they're if you're averaging 450 yards a game, you're not going to win much in the NFL. So, until that defense improves, give me Tampa Bay. I'm not too concerned about this game. I think the Patriots are going to run away with it. I think I think Tampa Bay is a team that just squeaked by the, the, the sputtering Giants. I think Tom Brady and the Patriots haven't lost back-to-back games in roughly two and a half years. Um I don't think Belichick or Patricia will let uh, Tampa Bay offense uh, yeah, take 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 them this week. Um, I think that Tampa Bay is extremely reliant on their passing game. I think if Patricia can find a way to stop Cameron Brait, who is the biggest target inside the red zone for Tampa Bay, I think they'll they're gonna they're gonna hold them to a couple field goals. And I really I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure Jameis Winston right now has the guile to to take up to take down Tom Brady. The guile. I, I like, like it. it. I guile. like it, Shanley. You know what it takes to take to take down Tom Brady? Huge balls. <laughs> <laughs> Which Cam Newton has. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Speaking of Cam Newton, Carolina, Detroit this week. Mr. Shanley. Who you got? I'm taking Detroit. I 
do not believe that that offense can be stopped right now, the way they're playing, the way they're playing football. Um, I think they're, uh, uh, you know, you know a, long, a long blade of turf away from being undefeated this season. Um, I think that if they had, if Golden Tate had just kept that knee up for a half second longer, it would They're 4 now. Right. They're 4 now, and they're probably the top team in, in the league up there challenging with the Chiefs. Um, I do not see and the Panthers coming off a big week against, uh, against the Patriots. A little bit of a letdown, possibly. I don't think they can come out and beat the Pats and then the Lions back-to-back. I just don't see it happening. Cam Newton uh, probably gets a little out of his comfort zone. We'll see. We'll see what happens because I know for a fact that the Panthers are going to be down at some point in this game, and Cam Newton's going to have to play a game that he's not comfortable playing, and we'll see how he does. I like the Lions. I think I think their defense is severely underrated, and I think at home they find a way to mess up with mess up Cam Newton. More specifically, probably take away receivers. Carolina and have really a standout receiver. Calvin Benjamin's been banged up. Uh, Funch has had a big week last week. I don't think he can replicate it because he this came this came out of nowhere. And Christian McCaffrey's your leading receiver. Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator for the Lions, will game plan for Cam Newton. And as Steve said, that offense is just fun to watch. In Detroit, it's tough to see a guy. You don't see a guy like Cam Newton, uh, who isn't exactly proficient at slinging the ball around the yard all game, come and come come from behind victories. I mean, you watched it against the Patriots last week. They played the entire game from ahead. Right. You know, it was comfortable. It was a, it was a comfortable game for Cam Newton, and that's why you saw him put up the numbers he did. And the majority of the time, the game was tied. He was right. never really right trailing when he had a good score. David. I'm going with the Lions off of the fact that I don't have – I do like Panthers, but Detroit looks well, way more well put together than the Panthers. So, than the Lions. I am going to go with the Panthers. Boy, are, Honestly, it's only right he does now. It's only right he does. You look like a turn week, Last week, last week, turned my head around a little bit for Cam Newton. Um I believe that he is going to continue to get better, and I think this defense is going to continue to get better. Yes, they played a great quarterback last week, so they got 30 points. I see that, but I believe that this week they get back on track. They hold it down, and Cam Cam wins late. Here's a really intriguing game, the battle for the NFC West. The Seahawks travel to the Coliseum to do battle with the Rams. Seahawks or the Rams this week, David? Who do you like? Can, can we come back to me? I, I, I gotta review the notes here. Um, yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I, I'm a little nervous for my boy Russ right now. Um, even in the 46 to 18 win over the Colts last week, it never looked like it was easy till late. Um, they're down by eight at half. He had to make some plays with his feet, and that O line still needs work. You've been saying that for years. I agree, but this year it's awful. And said that last I think year. I think the Rams D line can take advantage of that, and I think Golf and Gurley and Watkins, I think they're figuring it out as a as a, as a whole. And this is turning into a nice little young trio that got there: Golf, Watkins, and Gurley. And I think they continue to show people what they're about. And I think the Rams win this week. I like the Rams as well. I think last week was the beginning of the coming out party. I think this week says, hey, they're serious. They have a great shot of winning this division. Seattle don't have a run game. 
Their run game is Russell Wilson, and their passing game is Russell Wilson. Their offensive line is bad. The difference with the Rams is Wade Phillips being the defensive coordinator. That defense has confidence. They, they're complete on both sides of the ball. And as I said earlier when we talked about the Rams, Jared Goff has his confidence. He looks comfortable. The Rams get it done and really make their statement that they're going to be tough to beat in the NFC. Shanley? I think I'm going to, uh, as much as I like the Rams offense and how high power it is and, and all the points they're putting up, it's going to be interesting to see what they do against um, against the Seattle defense. I mean, they probably haven't put, been as impressive as they have been in the last couple of years. But, yeah, they, they still are the Seattle defense. Still got Michael Bennett. Still got Richard Sherman. Still got Cam Chancellor back there. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to – I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think the I think Seattle is not going to let the Rams run away with the uh, on offense like they have in the last couple of weeks. And in a low scoring close game, I'm going to take Seattle. For me, this game is going to come between the matchup of the Rams offense and the Seattle defense. I am not ecstatic about the Seahawks offense, as Dan alluded to. Russell Wilson is always on the run. Um, they don't. I, I don't have much faith in their receivers. That offense is just ever since Marshawn left, it's not what I want it to be. To have all my faith in it, but this defense is very strong. And while the people do attack this corner, uh, Justin Coleman, because no one's got to Sherman, it's the Rams' time to put uh, Sammy Watkins on him. Put him on that side, attack uh, Coleman, and that's how I think that the Rams are going to pull it out. Between having Watkins attack Coleman and then you got Gurley running it up, that's how I think the Rams are going to do it. Packers and the Cowboys, a rematch of the NFC divisional game that was a thriller. Does this one turn into a thriller? Shanley, we'll start with you. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think right now that the Cowboys are playing. Um, Good enough football on the defense side of the ball to stop Aaron Rodgers. Um, At least he's I, honest. I don't. I I think back to last year in the playoff game and the kind of performance Rodgers put up and how Dak almost mimicked it to some extent. He played an extremely good game. Um, it. I don't. I'm not as a Cowboy fan. I am not confident this week that the that the Cowboys are going to pull it off. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Green Bay as much as I hate to say it. Even when you guys are playing good defense, you still can't stop that man. Um, <laughs> anytime you get two of the most prominent franchises, some of the game's biggest stars, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, you always got a chance for fireworks. I do believe this game is going to be a 30-plus point game, and I think the Packers pull it out. I'm trying to go straight up Packers. I mean, Dallas has let us down week after week after week, which makes you question that win against um, – the win against – New York, the Giants. When we look back at it, you look back at how bad the Giants were, or how bad the Giants are, then you look at how the Cowboys have been playing lately. I just don't have any faith in this Cowboys team. So give me Green Bay for 500, Alex. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. He finds a way to make plays late in games. Green Bay is going to win this one purely because the Cowboy defense is still not good. They still haven't improved which has been the same thing that I've said from the beginning. Aaron Rodgers will carve them up. 
And don't be surprised if Green Bay's defense slows down the Cowboy offense. That defense is a little bit better than we thought they were this year. So I think Green Bay's going to win it. Not handily, it's going to be a close game, but Aaron Rodgers finds a way as always. So the last game to discuss, the 4-0 Kansas City Chiefs, the only unbeaten team on Sunday night, travels to Houston to take on Deshaun Watson and the 2-2 Texans. David, how do you see it playing out? Let's go Chiefs. That's all I got to say. Until proven otherwise, Kansas City is the best team in the NFL. Houston will keep it close. Watson will make plays. But Kansas City is just too good right now. So I like the Chiefs in a very close game to go to 5-0. and out. Dan? Steve? <laughs> we know, I know where this is going. Well, we know where he's picking. Thanks, thanks for that. But, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with, um, with the Chiefs, I don't think. I've seen anything that uh, can tell me otherwise, aside from the fact that the Texans have been playing good football the last two weeks. Sean Watson's been impressive. I just do not think uh, that there's, there's nothing that tells me that the Chiefs should lose to the Texans. Besides, uh, if Deshaun Watson goes off for five touchdowns, and so be it, tip your cap. But um, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I think Alex Smith has been too consistent all year so far, and Kareem Hunt has just been off the charts. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Before I pick this game, uh, I want to suspect something I saw Monday night. Kirk Cousins will be worth every penny he gets this offseason, whether it's in Washington, whether it's in San Fran, wherever he goes. He is worth everything that he is asking for in deals. Um, he is a top ten quarterback, and he is playing like one right now. Um, Kirk Cousins. With that being said, I believe that Deck, no, not Deck, Deshaun Watson gets it done this week and knocks the Kansas City Chiefs off the remains of the unbeatens. What the hell did Kirk Cousins have managed to do with that? <laughs> I was thinking about the Chiefs and what I saw Monday night. That's what I, that's what I was going back to. Oh, okay. Um, they left field with that one. Yeah, I apologize. They didn't play great Monday night. I don't think they played great. But they found a way to win, which is not a big, great team. But I think Houston has more weapons on the outside than Washington does. And that is why Deshaun Watson will find a way to get it done at the end of the game. And I believe that Houston takes it. So before we get to our final drive, we have to talk about the worst game of the week in our eyes. Oh, wait. Uh, who wants to start worst game of the week? So that was Steve. Steve, you're right. the best. Worst game of the week. It's a toss-up between uh, <laughs> toss, toss up here between the Jets and the Browns, the two you know, stellar franchises, both <laughs> endless <laughs> histories, unbelievable franchises. I think the score will end up uh, – I'm going to take the under. Um, the under's probably going to be set somewhere around six. Um, I think they, they combined for roughly two points. <laughs> and then the San Francisco 49ers. And the Indianapolis Colts, led by Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> so need you say I more? Between these two games, which one am I going to watch? You think? If you had which one, are you not watching? I think I'd probably rather watch myself get castrated. But um, I'm going to watch the Jets and the Browns because if those are the only two games on, I'd probably go Jets and Browns. I'm going Jets and Browns just because I, I want to see a couple of young guys for the Browns, see what they could do. And who at this point thought that the New York Jets 
would have double the wins that the New York Giants have. Um, <laughs> not me. With that being said, the Jets and the Browns, worst game of the week. Yeah. Would you say that the Jets are supposed to be tanking and can't even do that right? Yes. <laughs> you go out and you get Josh McCown. Every team that gets Josh McCown sucks. Is, is for tank. He, they go out and get Josh McCown, so they tank. <laughs> and they're not tanking. That is why. That is why you go out and get Josh McCown. He has not won back-to-back games in 13 years. 13. He did play the games. he did play the Jaguars. Let's put that in perspective. I don't give a damn. <laughs> he hasn't won back-to-back games in 13 years. What the hell are the Jets oh, doing? And, yeah. on, and on the lowest of keys, Oakland and Baltimore is going to be three to two because neither offense is going to find a way to put him close. <laughs> All right, I got I got two games. I got the Niners and the Colts. I will absolutely not watch. But another game to keep an eye on for worst of the week: Titans and the Dolphins. And Marcus Mariota can't play because I just cannot wait to not watch the Matt Castle versus Jay Cutler show. <laughs> that is a game that if Marcus Mariota is not playing in, I have no interest in watching because those two quarterbacks are atrocious. No offense to Matt Castle, pretty much every offense to Jay Cutler because I watched how you played in London. They're bad. Very. Both quarterbacks are bad. That game will be unwatchable, Mariota. Doesn't play, let alone the fact it's probably unwatchable if Mariota plays because it's so one-sided. David? I have an ongoing theme of teams that I don't want to watch. I mean, There's <laughs> a repeat here. Um, and it's been alluded to twice, so I'm just going to make it a third time. I don't want to watch the San Francisco 49ers play the Colts. That is just going to be a I wonder if Kyle spot. Shanahan's regretting it's going to be a San Francisco. Spot. Are there any teams you wanted to add to your list from last week? Of who was done for the season, like who, who's whose plot hopes are done. I don't know. I haven't looked at the list. I'd have to. You'd have to give me a little time. Right. I honestly, if it wasn't for the Chargers and the Giants, that game could be kind of tough to watch at times. It wasn't for the quarterbacks that are playing. Yeah, like honestly, Manning and, and then, Rivers yeah. competing would make that game semi-interesting. And who hasn't want to watch Odell? Like, one out. Well, the, the 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 only other reason that game is watchable is one of these teams has to win that yeah. game. Somebody's Someone's got to win, so that's semi interesting. Someone could tie. They could tie. Semi. They could tie. If they tie, I feel like the Jets seven. and the Browns should deserve to tie. If we're going to be totally honest, six to six. <laughs> hey, the Niners were close to getting that tie last week. Let me tell you, if it wasn't for Larry Fitzgerald, the Angels won there. All right. So, does anyone have final drives? Yes, I do. Shanley, you got a final drive fired up yet? Or? Sure, I got a final drive. I'm going to go on a serious note here. Um, I got something to say about the whole kneeling situation. Okay. And I don't think it's going to be exactly what you guys think I'm going to say. Carry on, Steve. I think, I think you see some of these teams in the last couple of weeks. You know, they're doing they, they, they've stopped the whole kneeling during the anthem deal, some of them, and they've started kneeling before the anthem. Standing in unity for the and then standing in unity for the anthem, which I'm all for, and I think it is total bullshit when you got entire stadiums like in Baltimore booing the entire team for kneeling before the anthem. I mean, the whole if you have the, if you have the right head on your shoulders, the thing to be upset about is kneeling during the anthem. You want to kneel before the anthem? What how, what kind of what skin off your back is that? Is it real? Is, is then it's not about the flag at all. You know, it's just it, – it, it's almost it, – I mean, I don't like getting political about this stuff, but it, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. It's almost like 
you, if they're not doing what you want them to do, then then to hell with them, which is kind of bullshit. So I think if you're gonna if you're gonna kneel before the anthem and stand and then stand for the anthem, I'm all for it. Do what you want to do. Your peaceful protest is fine with me. As long as you're showing respect to the flag, when it's time to show respect to the flag, I'm good with it. You know, I'm I, I'm not on the bandwagon with with, with booing teams, um, you know, just because they have a different opinion. So that's my final draft. Sorry I didn't get the laughs out of you guys that I usually do. I just think it's kind of bullshit. This is exactly what we wanted last week when we started this dialogue. <laughs> should have should have Steve on last week, but. Good, good for you. Someone needed to say it because I was seriously pissed at Raven fans. And we appreciate your opinion. Either way, you go yes, you. we're we're not we're not here to bash you if you don't agree with yeah. us. We wanted to create a dialogue. You are helping in that process, but I know we don't rebuttal. But I completely agree with Shanley. If you are booing when they're kneeling before the anthem, like the Cowboys did, like the Ravens did, you pretty much tell me this had never had anything to do with the flag. So thank you to all those people who showed me your true colors. I really appreciate that because you put it all in this perspective for me. That okay. wasn't my final draw. Oh, no, no, that was my re- my rebuttal to Shane. Oh, remarks, final remarks. Yes. So NFL has always been a quarterback-driven league, and offenses make this thing go. But gosh darn it, if we don't get some love for the big boys today, when are we ever going to get it? The big boys make this game go. The trenches are where games are won, and specifically on offensive line. If you cannot protect your quarterback or run the ball, you can't win. You see that specifically with teams like Los Angeles Chargers, the New York Giants. They cannot protect their quarterback and allow the quarterback to get the ball to the playmakers. So therefore, that's why they're 0-4. You've got teams like Seattle who want to be Super Bowl contenders, but they can't protect guys like Russell Wilson. And their team falters. You see teams who are shockingly at the top of their divisions, 3-1, 4-0, because their O-line is playing well. They're running the ball efficiently and protecting their quarterback, Kansas City and Philadelphia. To all those parents out there, if you got your newborns and whatnot, start producing O-line. Because the money's going to be there for those kids one day. David, you have one? Swing that pill over to the NBA, because we have some stuff to talk about. It was recently uh, established that the NBA All-Star Game would be picked by, well, the stars would be picked by the fans, which I always thought was total crap. But then the teams would be picked by the captains. We're not going East and West anymore, which to me is a point that the NBA now knows that is not even. The West is going to obliterate the East. I look at it this way. The NBA has, is acknowledging that they messed up and that they're trying to fix it by making it all more fun and whatnot and yada, yada, yada blah, 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 blah. But are we going to at least try and even it out at some point? Are we going to try and send some talent to the East? Are we going to What are we going to do? I look forward to this new style of the NBA All-Star Weekend, but at the same point, I don't want it to get like the NBA, like the NFL did, where it just starts to suck. As we all remember, the NFL All All Star Weekend, was a Pro Bowl weekend, was trash. Been trash, probably always be trash. But I don't want the NBA All Star Weekend to get to that point. And I want the NBA to just make sure 
they stay on top of their things. Sixers play tonight. Let's go. Ah, dear Orioles. This has been a week of bliss for me. Would you like to know why? Because the Orioles season is over. I do not have to hear for another couple weeks about the Orioles, about their pitching woes, and all that sort of stuff. But I have to read dumbass Dan Duquesne comments. Duquette comments, whatever his name is, I don't really care anymore, that he's garbage as a GM, comments that he's going to work on the pitching zap. Oh, really? Maybe if you hadn't traded away our young talent, we wouldn't have to be working on our rotation. So I beg you, Peter Angelos, if you're alive, if you're conscious, if you know baseball, get rid of this jackal in the front office and the Orioles will be successful. You can sign Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope and Zach Britton and the team will be good for years to come. Unless you want to be mediocre or, heaven forbid, 15 years of bad luck, which was what the Orioles were before the young talent brought in by Andy McPhail, by the way, who leads the Phillies. So I shopped Dan Duquette out for anyone. Atlanta, you just got rid of your GM because he got caught uh, in the international market. Would you like a guy that will get you to 500 every year, but that's about it? That might be good because Atlanta, you know, they got the Hawks. Okay, not really. But you got the Falcons. They're pretty decent. They're going to be good for years. Take, Please take Dan Duquette. They'll be, you'll got, Atlanta will be semi-decent. He'll just trade away your farm system and then leave, and there will be nothing left. So, Orioles, wake up, smell the damn roses, get Duquette out of town. Because if not, I'm saying this now, this team's going to suck for 20 years this time with the damage that he has done. All right, I'm done. God damn, I hate Duquette. Oh, um, I didn't find the video, but I found what Cam said. Oh, let's do you know, let's get so, that. And also, I want you to channel pick. If Cam's saying things like this, I can't support this. Quote. Um, <laughs> wait, begin quote. Let, let, yeah, begin get the quote. quote. Eric, my fault. After he was after he got a question from a theater reporter about the routes they were running, they're running on Sundays. And quote, it's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Funny. End quote. Yikes. I don't get it. I think I get it, but it's just we're not gonna talk about it. I, that's just. I feel like it's like a play on like how like. It's kind of like a neat. It, I like I I don't know what he meant by yeah. it, but taking the comments at face value, they come off as very. Females shouldn't be talking about. Yeah, about that and that goes and posts. Females shouldn't yeah, know about that. Not in this. That's day how age. it comes off as. Not in this day and age. I, th- I think he was it's aiming for. It's almost like having two female officials on the field at once. We do not support any of the. Stands on his own. I think he was aiming at the whole, you know, when men and women drive and they take certain routes. Which all right, I know. Hold on. No, I we need that, to stop. But I'm going to stop there because <laughs> I don't want to this. say I support anything. We, I'm just saying I think I see the vision is a horrible statement. We need to stop this. Right now, because this is going down a very. I'm saying it was a horrible vision. All we will say is, is just <laughs> God. He, he, you gotta know the day and age that you're talking in. But enough of that. We'll be back next week, even though we're on fall break two days. We're gonna be well rested coming back. So we'll have to regale about our 
fall breaks. Talk about that. Uh, we'll, I'll, we'll be here, so. <laughs> right in early Wednesday morning. <laughs> we will try to have a pretty good guest for you guys, as always. Mm-hmm. So our thanks to Steve Shanley, Mr. Unpredictable over there. <laughs> so for Steve Shanley, for Dan Williams. Yeah, boy. For David Miles. Sixers and night, TTP. I'm Dave Steinwettel. So long. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. We will talk to you all next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.